Welcome to the Phileo Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And we're here with another edition of Late Nights at Blockbuster. Uh, we could say this is a Christmas edition because, I mean, yeah. we're not going to do like our top five like Christmas movies like we did last year. Obviously, you know what those top five are. And if you don't, um, feel free to listen to it again. Okay. Yeah. There you go. If you want to get in the Christmas spirit and you're like, hey, did they do Elf? Yes, we did. And uh, Christmas Vacation? Yes, we did. What was the third one? We did? Home Alone? Yes, we did. So we thought, hey, it's the actual 30th anniversary of Home Alone 2. And so we were like, why don't we just put it at Christmas and that'll be enough because last year we did a lot of Christmas content. So we're going to, we're, we're dialing it back this year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, uh, Home Alone 2 uh, directed by Christopher Columbus coming back again uh, to direct uh, screenplay by John Hughes again. So we got returning cast, Macaulay Culkin as Kevin, uh, Joe Pesci as Harry, Daniel Stern as Marv, Catherine O'Hara as uh, Kate McAllister, John Hurd as Peter McAllister. And then we've got most of the, like Uncle Frank and all the the brothers and sisters are mostly the same, right? And then we've yeah. got some, uh, Kieran Culkin comes back as Fuller to do some wet the bed jokes. We've got some newcomers with uh, Tim Curry as the concierge at the uh, Plaza Hotel and Brenda Fricker as the uh, pigeon lady that that kind of deal a little bit more prominently in the story. So I love that her name is Pigeon Lady in the IMDb. She didn't actually get a name. It's just Pigeon Lady. Yeah. yeah. So good stuff. Um, we've, and of course, we're going to mention every time we can, um, we've got new music and old music by the one, the only, the Godfather, of music scores, John Williams. So got to throw him in there whenever I can. So uh, let's kick it off with uh, what you love about this movie, Byers. Oh, I mean, both these Home Alone movies hit us at the prime age. Like I'm old enough right. to sit through a whole movie at the theater or at home and and just stupid physical comedy is just going to be hilarious and just make me cackle. Right. Um, and now I get to enjoy that while my son cackles and then I get to laugh at him cackling at the things I laughed at when I was his age. Um, and especially as a little kid, you just ignore all the plot holes and logic that would stop this movie from actually being able to happen. You don't care. And so even as an adult, when I watch it again, I still don't care. Like I'll talk about them. (laughs) They'll come up in, in, in who beefed, like how many times Marvin Harry would actually be dead at this point. Yes. Um, Um, there's more than the first one even. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like the first yeah. one was like hijinks and stuff that would hurt, but this is like, right. no, you're dead. You're you're completely dead. Um, I I can't remember. Did we go like line by line on what like where they would die? I think that we we decided that uh, the iron was the thing that would like 100 kill uh, Marv. Marv. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, but everything and, else, like he'd be okay. Right. Yeah. This movie it steps up to a whole new level. Um, yeah. And I have to say, I love the hotel staff in this movie. Yeah. They steal the show for me a little bit. Like yep. everything else is great, but everything else is expected. Yeah. Like sweet. He's going to pummel these idiots again. It's going to be yeah. funny, but they were like the refreshing new thing that got added. To yes. One. Like even, um, so I'm going to step on my little random trivia, like Chris Columbus, like in the, um, DVD, um, uh, commentary really kind of goes, Yeah. It's kind of a, 
it's kind of a remake of of the original and we're like oh or to some extent he says to some extent it's a remake of the first movie it's like you don't say you know i mean and, and, and for the most part a lot of sequels are like they're treading the same ground to be like hey remember when this happened we're gonna do that again but that's what i like i completely agree about the uh the hotel staff it was the one thing that that felt new right yeah I love Uncle Frank catching flack about being a cheapskate. Yes. Um, and like, <laughs> like Everett, we watched it the other night, and Everett like just like randomly like uh, threw out the line the the next day. Like it's just so funny. It's it's timeless. It's it's good for all ages. You know, uh, I love Tim Curry's Grinch face yes. and the way that they like move from like like the uh the actual grinch like playing on the limousine tv screen into like uh that fade into his face is really cool too so um most of everything else i was able to kind of fit into some of the the categories so i didn't really have a whole lot like um that uh that i wasn't able to find but i wanted to kind of highlight those two things so okay let's move into uh favorite scene First scene I put in here is uh, the apology or lack thereof after the concert, after the the Christmas pageant concert. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and specifically, I like it. My favorite part is when he calls out Uncle Frank, like you already mentioned. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> sorry, <laughs> wouldn't want to ruin your fun, Mister Cheapskate. Cheapskate. <laughs> okay. I had the packing to go to Florida. Like I like the little talk boy thing. Like. I vividly remember, like, as soon as you see the talk boy in his hand, you go back to, like, when you were a kid, and you're like, I want that. I want that really bad right now. You know, like, we have these little voice memo things in our, like, pockets at all times, and we can probably manipulate it to do whatever we want. But back then, uh, that that, that, looked, that looked awesome. So, got a little bit more on that uh, as we get into some of the the random thoughts and trivia from from the movie but i just thought that and in kind of uh the packing gets into like him going into uncle frank's uh or, or getting his tie from the bathroom when uncle frank was uh, <laughs> was showering and that that whole weird scene yeah so got got some good quotes from that one too so i didn't want to leave that one out yeah yeah definitely um i kind of liked so as We'll get to it in Who Beef because there's 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 like a million plot holes, quibbles you yeah. could make with things that happen. But there's some really funny little details when he's getting lost that like mm. made it mm-hmm. that were just interesting to me. Like, you know, he needs you batteries, knew that they, so he they, takes they, his dad's bag, you know, and yeah. the guy with the same coat, so he's running after the wrong people. But then, you know, he crashes and late. Like they explain so many things away. My favorite is the French guy. Like he sits yes. down next to this guy and the dude starts talking French. So he just puts his headphones on, headphones on and never right. hears anything. Like yeah. it's trying to explain, Oh, this is how a kid could actually do this. This is how it could happen. Even though it still doesn't actually make sense. Um, yeah. You knew that John Hughes was like, Hey, everybody poked holes in this the last time. So I'm going to try to make this as locked, locked down as I can. <laughs> just, just make him run into the, the stewardess at the, at the ticket gate. So he just takes right. out the ticket agent and, then they can't yep. find his ticket, so we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is all, of course, pre nine eleven. That yes. like you would never get away with it at that oh, point no. in time, too. Yeah, sorry. We're Post nine eleven, they're like stopping yeah. to check every one of those tickets. Still, 
This yep. plane is not is is an hour late taking off because we have to figure this out. Yeah, but your kid doesn't get lost, so right. <laughs> so uh, though I had we did it again, and uh, of course we mentioned the fast forwarding scenes uh, from the Mighty Ducks. So I'm going to show like, hey, I'm right. They did this a lot in the '90s, like <laughs> because they did it again. <laughs> They're like, oh, and then they put it back in. So just a little vindication there. So. Although two were from the same director in the same movie franchise. So, I mean, it's still wanna... two. It still counts yeah. as two. Yeah, it's true. I, I like the, the New York montage once, once Kevin, he has that great moment that'll come up in quotes, right? Like where he realizes like my family's in Florida and I'm in New York. And then he says it again and starts smiling. And then it right. bursts into this. He's checking out the, the, the Statue of Liberty and, Mm-hmm. doing all this stuff and um it ends with him standing on top of the twin towers right which was actually kind of cool interesting shot yeah they used to take that out of the um the tv edits whenever uh they would show that um out of respect um for 9-11 and then i think that they said that they put it i read that they put it back in like starting in like 2018 so my kids even recognize though they're like are those the twin yeah. towers and it's like oh, history yeah. for them which yeah. makes me feel old right um because mm-hmm. i'm like no you shouldn't talk about 9-11 like it's world war ii um right but they that's how they feel about it is how i feel about those things so so right after the new york montage i think um i've got meeting the bird lady uh, um going to carnegie hall and all that stuff. I kind of cut out some of the Harry and Marv stuff because there's just so much interplay with that. I had to start making some cuts somewhere. <laughs> I really like him meeting the bird lady. I think that plus the hotel staff is what makes this movie not a complete scene for scene remake. Yes. Yeah. And it if really it were just the too. Harry and Marv stuff, it would just feel too similar. Like right. 10 year old me wouldn't have cared, but 41 right. year old me would be like, okay, I've seen, like, I don't watch Home Alone 3. I don't watch any right. of the others because right. okay, we've done this. Um, yeah, it's the bird lady and the hotel staff that, that make it different enough. Yeah. So I I have checking into the hotel. Speaking of, I think it comes before that. Oh, I had them flipped in my notes. Okay, I really like that one too. Yep. Um, would never work, but it's awesome. Never in a million never. years. No, I love the little talk boy. Like we'll get. <laughs> We'll get into the the actual uh, line reading um, as we get to that. So I don't want to step on that like I always do. (laughs) The father. The father. Uh, um, And then we've got uh, the nosy concierge played by Tim Curry. He plays Hector. Um, He comes into into the room and he's snooping around. And, of course, Kevin conveniently gets the the clown blow up uh how he inflates it how he gets the, like, the strings with toy the, in the history right. of mankind right uh, but of course it plays really well with the uh with the scene um and the get out you here you little pervert <laughs> i'll slap you silly yeah so then he goes running out of there and knocks everything over so yeah it's good stuff um I had that one as well. the the one The one Harry and Marv scene I did put in that's just them. I like the ice skating thing, 
where Harry's <laughs> talking to him and Marv's just stealing stuff as people buy until he right. has like a whole outfit. Like, at, except it's all from kids. So it's like none of it fits quite right either. It's all too small. He didn't care. Yeah, kids are scared of the dark, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> They're scared of the park. They're scared of the park. <laughs> Uh, I had the good night, mom. Good night, Kevin. Um, I know that this is going to sound funny, but it reminds me of uh, Five Will Go West, uh, <laughs> or no, no, yeah. uh, an American Tale, because the they do the the first one. Yeah, so uh, I thought that that was a a nice little like. It, the movie has to be grounded with like, even though, as an adult, you're looking back on it and be like these people have no clue what's going on. What are they doing? <laughs> like you still feel for them, you know, like that's yeah. the, like, even though it's uh, the, the weird situation, like that's a cool little heartwarming moment between the, uh, the two of them thinking of each other at the same time. So, yeah. Um, I just wrote down running. Um, Cause there's just like three scenes in a row where Kevin's running from people. Like first he's running right. from Harry and Marv. And then he runs to the hotel and they try to bust him. So he runs away from them, which includes the very best, the video. Yes. Which is completely. The angels with the other souls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, do you know how, have you ever tried to like find a certain scene to show someone and it takes you like oh my twice as long as it should because you can't get it just right. Yeah, Kevin McAllister right. can nail it without even trying. Like this Boom. is super power. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Blowing up inflatable clowns in the bathtub and finding scenes on movies. He's got skills unparalleled in human history but well like uh rob schneider asking him like hey do you know how to work the tv he goes i'm 10 years old tv is my life <laughs> <laughs> he, he really meant it, his life um but then you know he runs away from them and then he has to run he jumps out and gets caught and has to run away from the wet bandits again but yeah, i like sticky bandits sticky bandits now sorry sorry <laughs> i do love in that one when he's jumping out at harry and marv and it zooms in on Harry's hand with the M from yeah. the doorknob in the first movie. I like that little moment. Like, yeah. it was yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, the, I kind of skip over the brownstone stuff because it's not my favorite scene. And we'll get into that later. Okay. So if you want to throw that in here now, you can. I, I, Mostly, I just want to talk about how many times it should die. So we'll do that later, though, because that's yeah, more. That is 100% but in uh, my uh, notes for Who Beefed. Yep. The bricks. The bricks absolutely slay me. Okay. Every time. All right. I love I'll, I'll give bricks. you that. The rest okay. of it is yeah. is kind of like, yeah, okay. This is what Kevin does to these guys. They keep falling for the same stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other little lines I like. But for the most part, I'm just here for the bricks. Like, and Marv is just. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> and turn behind him is just great during that whole scene. Yeah, uh, I've got them after that going to Central Park where um, Bird Lady helps him uh, take them down. The pigeon attack is like the scariest thing that might happen to those two guys. By the way, like there's times in this movie where they try and make it look like it's a magical thing for birds to fly all over you like this, and right. this is terrifying. Have you ever been around pigeons like this? It's right. awful. I'm uh, like so. I'll step on some more of my uh, little trivia. Like they actually did that. Like it wasn't stunt doubles. They literally threw like a bunch of bird seed on them and like sticked pigeons on them. And I'm just like, 
do you not know what Legionnaire's disease is? <laughs> <laughs> Have you never seen the movie The Birds? Okay, right. Like, I don't. My dad is like has some some serious like bird phobia issues. Some like those yeah. open air areas in zoos in the aviaries. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't go in those with us. He's like, I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> um, he doesn't like things flying around. That condor has a weird look in his eye. <laughs> I also had the parents checking into the hotel when they get to the hotel and have, yeah. an, have interactions. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that one. Got Especially good, she, got eventually good, she good lines from Tim that. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> and his little like quiver thing that he quiver. does is yeah. just amazing. I'm just like, wow, yeah. you're really too good to be in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I got Kevin at 30 Rock. Um, is essentially what I call it. Uh, like the uh, Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah, our, our center. Yeah, with the with the Christmas tree and it's and meeting his mom there, like knowing that he's going to be there, like talking to the Christmas tree. So yeah, yeah, the presents on Christmas morning is pretty fun too. Um, yeah, fuller. Actually, and... you get the the resolution with Buzz that yeah. he was a jerk and he caused all of this. As much as Buzz is going to admit fault, like yes. at that point, right? Yeah. So um, I had a right after that, like Kevin escapes again. Like, how do these people not like worst parents ever? He would he would be like, um, I don't see him as much now. I think people frown upon them. But like the leashes. Oh, yeah. You remember like the leashes with. Oh, we had to get before I was a parent. I swore I would never get a leash. These things look terrible. And then we took Alyssa places and we were in Washington, (laughs) D.C. And we're like, we're getting this kid a leash. Right. She would just take off. I'm like, I'm going to get arrested out here in the middle of the mall in Washington, D.C., tackling my kid before she runs right. into the street. So, yeah, we had a monkey yep. backpack that had a tail. It was her leash. Yep. Yeah. Kevin McAllister's getting like an iron leash. Like, right. just, like you need a, like multiple keys to get this thing off your ankle, kid. You were attached to me. Um, yeah. I'm not traveling again, ever. Like, this kid's <laughs> going to be a grown up before we go on another trip, I think. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so he escapes again to go see the bird lady and kind of have the resolution with like the two, the turtle doves and, and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a cool, cool moment. So did you have anything else? Nope. Okay, cool. What's your favorite one? I think you already, yeah, the bricks, the bricks. I can't get enough of the bricks. I wait this whole movie just waiting for like the rest of it's good and nice. I'm just here for the bricks though. This is the number one thing I want to see. I don't know which hotel scene I like more, like the one where um, uh, Hector comes in and like he replays the Uncle Frank stuff, or when they do the Angels with Filthier Souls. Like I think, I think it's with Angels everybody. With the, exactly when he does the cliff line. The cliff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I think I'm gonna go with Angel with Filthier Souls. Yeah. So it's a good call. Yeah, it's a good call. All right, Drax Award, since we've stepped on a, a million of these, but it's par for the course with us, so we yeah. can't help ourselves. You knew what you All were right. in for. That's right. Early on, Kevin asked a very valid question. How can you have Christmas without a Christmas tree? Mm-hmm. I'm in agreement. Yep. I don't know. It's stupid. Why are they going to Florida? They go to Florida, and they don't even go to Disney World. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> Well, who knows if that's what they were going to do. They just ended up at that crummy hotel and rained in, right? 
uh, Cedric the Bellman, uh, played by uh, Rob Schneider. Your drawers, sir, as he presents like a, a very crisp, like pair of boxers, like really crisp, like starched, like iron pressed starched. And he goes, geez, don't flash these babies around here. There could be girls on this floor. And he goes, I was very careful, sir. He goes, you can't be too careful when it involves underwear. He goes, I understand. <laughs> I had that one too. That's awesome. Kevin, before he, he needs to go get his tie. But Uncle Frank's in there taking a shower and he goes, he said if I'd went in there, I'd grow up never feeling like a real man, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, the look that like he and his mom like, give each other like too, oh, like man. just really caps it off. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I was definitely going to hit that one. Um, right. Right. Like the next thing. Yeah. So. After uh, Hector gets caught um, spying on the McAllisters, um, and he like waves him down in the lobby. And how are we this morning? And he goes, "Fine." Is my transportation here? And he goes, "Out in front, sir, a limousine and a pizza." Compliments of the Plaza Hotel. Like the way he says "pizza" is just so like so good, very like refined and British. And then he goes, "I do hope your father understands that last night I was simply checking the room to make sure everything was in order." Well, he was pretty mad. He was. He said he didn't come all the way to New York to get his naked rear end spied on. <laughs> uh, oh. I really want to know what Kevin McAllister's grades are like. I want to see oh this my kid gosh. in the classroom. Like he's 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 definitely like scamming all of his teachers out of every right. Like be fantastic. Um, Peter and Kate are talking to the cops after they discover they've once again lost their son, and uh. The cop starts asking if this has happened, anything like this happened before, and they start having these funny looks between them. And they finally start explaining that he got left at home last year. And then Peter, in this like total, I'm like, I'm having a nervous breakdown and I don't know what to say, goes, <laughs> Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage and have like the most awkward laugh ever. Right. And the cop is just staring at them, like, What is wrong with you people? I literally wrote down the note. Is is Peter McAllister a moron? Like <laughs> right after that line, because <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like he's just trying to break the tension, but at the yeah. same time, you're just like, is he though? <laughs> the scene in question that you mentioned a, a while ago with the slap, um, I love, I love that one um, where Kate comes in and she goes, "What kind of hotel allows a ch a child to check in alone?" And the desk clerk goes, "The boy had a very convincing story." What kind of idiots do you have working here? Only the finest in New York. <laughs> Rob Schneider gets all proud behind him. Right. And says it too. <laughs> Harry and Marv pop up in the back of the fish truck. <laughs> Harry's going, you smell that, Marv? You know what that is? Mark goes, yeah, fish. <laughs> no, it's freedom. Fish. And they have this back and forth. He's <laughs> just like, these guys are so stupid. And then Harry finally leaves, and Marv like agrees with him, so they'll stop. But then he yeah. walks off, and he goes, it's freedom. Harry walks off, and it's fish. Like, under his breath. Oh. 
I, I don't have the entire um, the line, but he's uh, the angels with filthier souls when he goes, you've been smooching with everybody, uh, like all these other people. And he goes, and Cliff? And then the you see the, the name tag of the security guy, and it's Cliff. And he goes, oh, it's a lie. <laughs> the way he says it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so good. And then the the last little bit where uh, uh, he does the um, the the shootout uh, sounds, and then he goes, "Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a happy New Year." When Kevin comes back and does the, the voiceover, yes. it's a good one. It always it it cracked me up. They're talking, they're interviewing the parents still, and they're talking about they figure out he's got his dad's credit cards and stuff. And it, and Kate's like, I don't even think Kevin knows how to use a credit card. And then it jumps right to the <laughs> sound of like him using the credit card. Right. It's good stuff. We mentioned this earlier, but we're, I'm still going to do it. Um, speaking of credit cards. <laughs> uh, so Kevin's like recording this on his little talk boy. And, and when you're, when he's doing it, you're like, what is going on? Howdy do. This is Peter McAllister, the father. I'd like a hotel room, please, with an extra large bed, a TV, and one of those little refrigerators you have to open with the key. Credit card? You got it. And then like two seconds later, he's got the phone on there and he's playing it back. So it's, howdy do. This is Peter McAllister, the father. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of goes back to the call back to the what idiots do you have working at this hotel? <laughs> the finest in New York. Um, I love when Cedric's taken in up to his room, starts telling him Herbert Hoover once stayed on this floor. And Kevin goes, The vacuum guy, <laughs> she's like, Don't make small talk with the kid, he has no clue what you're talking about. All right. Um, Marv's suck brick kid is, <laughs> is, I know I already got the laugh and I, I know that it's like, I just have to say it because I'm going to use it as like, that's my favorite. So I don't want to lose sight of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin's talking to, to the pigeon lady. <laughs> at one point he goes, he's talking about his, his place at home. He's like, I'm kind of the pigeon of my house. <laughs> <laughs> never noticed it before uh harry and marver in the brownstone i think this is the only part that i actually kind of liked was they're just like they have their they hear something and they they got their ear to the door and they're like what's that sound what's that yes. sound and then as the tool chest like pummels them as it comes through the door and marv goes that was the sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs <laughs> yes i had that one. <laughs> and they fix their noses. Right. Oh. <sighs> this one's super. Right when uh, they're robbing the toy store and Kevin takes their picture and they're like all shocked by it. And Hart Marvel goes, how did my hair look? Like he throws <laughs> these little like zingers. Yeah. Zingers in there multiple times in this movie. This one's a little bit long, but um, it's the last one I have. Um, so Kevin's talking to the, the Rockefeller Center tree. <clears throat> I know I don't deserve a Christmas, even if I do a, even if I did do a good deed. I don't want any presents. Instead, I want to take back every mean thing I ever said to my family, even if they don't take back the things they said to me. 
I don't care. I love all of them, including Buzz. I know it isn't possible to see them all. Could I just see my mother? I'll never want another thing as long as I live, if I can just see my mother. I know I won't see her tonight, but promise me I can see her again, sometime, anytime, even if it's just once and only for a couple of minutes. I just need to tell her I'm sorry. So I think that's that's the core of the, or the emotional core of the movie um, for all of the crazy stuff and the funny stuff and the, yeah. the wacky hijinks. Like, that's the... Um, it was the core of the previous movie, which is why it feels retread, but um, I've got some more in uh, spiritual uh, illustrations and metaphors to go along with that. So I thought that that one, was, it, it ties into it really well that I wanted to at least like say it, even though it, that it was a little bit long. So. I love right after that, of course, when his mom shows up and then right. he turns back around and goes, wow, that was fast. That was fast, man. <laughs> I just have two more Marvs. He walks through the front door and somehow, you know, doesn't look at the 10 feet in front of him and falls in the hole, which makes no <laughs> sense. But then he, it, when it comes back to him later and he's getting up and he cracks his back and he's looking up and he goes, wow, what a hole. Like just the way he <laughs> says it, like this is casual, like, oh, that's cool. Like, no, dude, you just fell through that. Right. Um, and then when they get up on the roof and Kevin's already gone down the rope, he's like, he vanished. Like, Marv comes in hot in this one so many times. Why does this rope smell like kerosene? <laughs> Are you wearing aftershave? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's it. What's your favorite? Oof. I already said mine. Suck break kid. That's a good one. Oh, I forgot the one where Harry's talking about hightailing to some foreign country and Marv goes, Arizona? <laughs> I was just glad it wasn't in Mexico. So I just right. indicated yeah. that that definitely should have been New Mexico. Yeah. I really like the what kind of idiots do you have working here? The finest in New York. Yeah. That one's really good. I don't know. Wow, what a hole always stands out to me too. Just because of how oh, yeah. he says it. Yeah. Or the tool chest falling downstairs. Actually, what's probably the winner is the way that Marv is like muttering behind Harry while he's getting pummeled in the face with bricks when he can't talk anymore and he's not actually saying words. <laughs> yes. my favorite line. The boys movie. really love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a 10-year-old. Yeah. So this no, is why it's okay. So funny. It's funny, but like they really really loved it. Yeah. So um all right, let's uh, move on to recognize my face. So I have a weird recognize my face for this one. Okay. Because I'm excited about it. It's Tim Curry. Ah, which, okay. which is not our traditional recognize my face because yeah. like he's a known quantity like he's tim curry but yeah for 10 year old me he became he was probably one of my first like mm. i know who this guy is i recognize him from something because then he does three musketeers and he's the cardinal oh and I that's loved, right i love three musketeers um you mean but he was the... always oh it's the guy from home alone like that's always who he was mm. from like mm -hmm. then on and like I grew up watching Annie and never noticed it, but then I went like watched it again, and he's in the original Annie. He mm. plays Rooster. Um, I wasn't watching Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was little, so I didn't know. Him. I was gonna say like that's um, his like most iconic role, but you find out about that like later on whenever you're like yeah an adult. You're like people are still watching this movie from the seventies <laughs> like why? on Friday then, nights just and then you yeah. watch it and you still don't understand why they're watching. It. Yeah, um, but can I tell you something? 
really awesome. Yes. He plays Chancellor Palpatine and Darsidious in the Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Yeah. Yes. I saw that looking it through yesterday. I was like, oh. (laughs) Did I just step on it? No. I'm sorry. No, I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm glad you did. Um, So for me, Tim Curry, I just had to put him there. He's like the honorary. Like you could name this award after Tim Curry for me because he was like one of the first. Like, I know that guy. He's from Home Alone. He's the guy that works at the hotel and smiles like the Grinch. Like that's who he was. Yeah. The only reason um, that that is not the case for me is because I watched Clue um, and, uh, um, and he was the butler in yeah. Clue. And so for me, he's just always going to be the butler. Um, so, that's fair. Yeah. I hadn't watched Clue. Uh, so that's the only recognized my face that you had? That's all I had. There was nobody else that really okay. jumped out. And even when I looked through, I was hoping for some. Like I was like, oh, please yeah. tell me Cliff is in something else. And he's in nothing. Yeah. This is it. This is like literally his only credit. Like, are you really just like a security guard at the Plaza Hotel and they just pulled you into a scene because your name was Cliff? I don't know. <laughs> They're like, make googly eyes and go, oh, it's a lie. <laughs> um, I've got three. Uh, Eddie Bracken. Um, he's the uh, toy store owner. He's also the owner in Rookie of the Year. Like, he's the guy that's always eating the Cracker Jacks and uh, trying yeah. to get the 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 toys out of them and then um oh gosh what was the other movie he was in oh it was national lampoon's vacation he was wally world or he was the roy wally he was the owner of wally world but that one it's more rookie of the year that's the that's the that's the real recognize my face i think i've only seen vacation like one time in my entire life yeah and it kind of devolves at the very end when when uh um, Eddie Bracken shows up and I'm just like, yeah, I vaguely remember him being there. But the big one for me is Ali Sheedy. Um, she's the ticket agent when uh, um, uh, Kate is trying to get back to uh, to Kevin or getting up to New York to Kevin. And uh, But she's from The Breakfast Club, Short Circuit, and War Games. And then she just falls off like completely. So like... <laughs> because then she's just like taking little bit parts like this. So she made a little bit of a indie movie comeback, like in the early nineties and then kind of like, she's still like has work, but like for somebody that was so prominent and some, I mean, she was the lead in short circuit with uh, yeah Johnny five. So the other one I had is very personal. So it's probably not going to register very much, uh, but uh, Mary McKenzie, um is in uh so i married an axe murderer she plays may mckenzie which is funny like it's like, so close to her she's um uh charlie's mom so like the the parent scene like with heed uh pants now like um, she's the mom yeah i thought that you would really like get a kick out of this um and so um but she does this thing where she goes uh like he walks in and he goes she goes Hey, did you happen to meet the most beautiful girl in the world? Because if you did, and I'm just like, what the heck is she? What is she talking about? Like all these times that I watched this movie over and over and over again, come to find out it's a song and she's just singing a song to him, but actually asking him a question like, did you happen to meet the most beautiful girl in the world? 
And then it took me back because it was just like, it was a song at the dance in Friday Night Lights uh, that I mentioned in our podcast. So just wanted to come full circle on that. Full circle. Yep. It was also covered by Engelbert Humperdinck. And anytime mm, just... we can say Engelbert Humperdinck, it's a good 100%. Day. I'm going to say it. Yeah. So the original version is by Charlie Rich and it's like this like little twangy like Texas song, which is why, of course, Friday Night Lights probably uh, threw it out there. But the Engelbert Humperdinck one is like this weird disco looking one, uh, disco sounding thing from like 1974. So good stuff. Um, I really want to do Mary McKenzie. I'm going to go Mary McKenzie. So just because I like So I Married an Axe Murder. Or I like the first 45 minutes of uh, So I Married an Axe Murder. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Who Beef. Does it hold up? I've got um, some good stuff, some good time-specific time stuff. We already talked about pre-9-11 airports. That's kind of a given at this point yeah. in time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like cell phones completely ruined the plot of this movie. Exactly. And, and life, uh, life 360. Yeah. Um, like Kevin would 100% have a phone. Yeah. Uh, even though he's like, he's 11 in this one. He was 10 in the last one. I thought we were 10 now. I thought we went. Oh, from... we're 10 now. Okay. Actually, my daughter is pretty sure that it went from eight to 10 somehow, even though it's only a year that he actually got yeah. two years older. Like they messed yeah. up, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he yeah. definitely has a phone by oh, now, yeah. especially after the first thing happened. Like if it was to, if, if you were to kind of take that from this oh, yeah. era and like that actually occurred, it, despite the the implausibility of, of the entire story, um, given what we talked about last time, um, he would definitely have a phone right now with Life 360. And the moment that they landed, they'd be like, oh, he's in New York. Everybody get on a plane. We're going to New York. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm 100% convinced that people didn't leave money in the cash register overnight. Like, like there's back, a reason they have back those, in the 90s. Those Dropbox, yeah. like those yeah. night deposits. Totally, yeah, those totally existed back then. That is not a, maybe if this was like the 1950s, you could be like, <laughs> hey, we're going to go bust into the, <laughs> but even then they had safes. They had safes back then. Yes, so, especially yeah. this huge, like five story toy store. They have a safe. Right. It's not literally yeah. sitting in a box on the counter. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like some, like, uh, tiny little toy store on main street. That's like yeah. hoping that no one's going to break in and like take all the money that they, that they, that they got. Yes. Yeah. Um, also around in, even in the early nineties, uh, security cameras and quite possibly motion detectors for your giant <laughs> store. Like the whole plan is let's hide in the tiny houses. Cause I'm sure nobody ever looks in those to make sure no one's sticking around. In right. The store. Yeah. And then just come out and take the money and walk outside. Like we own the place. Like yeah. that's it. That's your whole plan. Let's hide. It's it's almost as good as when uh, Ryan, Marissa, Seth, and Summer hang out in the uh, the mall. I was just gonna oh. say that. I was literally <laughs> just gonna say that. Dang it! I was like, let him finish, let him finish, and then jump in with the OC. <laughs> Get him. Good um, stuff. I I also speaking of people getting places and i don't understand how no one notices how, how is the homeless pigeon lady just like hanging out in carnegie hall or wherever she is like up in the rafters and nobody notices this yeah so um this is gonna sound like a humble brag um uh, but i've been in carnegie hall 
and there's absolutely no way that like she gets away with this like period end of story and i'm just saying if kevin's gonna stick his face out between those lights there's a little kid bored out of his mind they got dragged to carnegie hall who's gonna see him and be pointing be like mom why is that kid up there like he's getting caught it's just gonna happen and the acoustics in Carnegie Hall are so amazing, and so, like they could never have that con- that conversation while a concert is going on, and not like <laughs> get caught up there. So yeah, we're picking, we're picking, yeah. We are. We don't yeah. care. Yeah, that's what don't this care. section's about. That's right. <laughs> All right. Are you? Do you have anything else? Are you ready to uh, go through um, uh, dead or not? Let's like. Did they die or just suffer a traumatic brain injury? How, how about that? Be the the. Can we touch on the Christmas Eve timeline first? Of course, because he's only stays at the Plaza Hotel one night, correct? Right. Like he shows up, or it the feels night. like it, right? And then the next morning is when we start with the pizza, right? And that's all one day from the time he gets the pizza and the limo until he is at the brownstone pummeling. These guys yes. is all Christmas Eve. That is all the same day. Like, because no, when he's at the he... toy store, he talks about it. Yeah. Like, that it's Christmas Eve. Like, him and uh, uh, Mr. Duncan right. talk about how it is Christmas Eve. You're right. So, yeah. like, number one, what time did they get him this limo and this pizza? Is this, like, 9 o'clock in the morning and they got him a pizza? It I mean, feels really early. Like, even, like and, and if we're gonna if we're going to just go along with it. Of course, you can get a pizza in New York at eight in the morning. They're very I mean, proud I'm of their pizza. It. I eat pizza for breakfast all the time. Right. But. And they're so like apologetic about it that they don't want to get in trouble. Like, sure. I, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. But like we do the pizza and the limo. We go to the toy store. We do all the escaping where we get caught by the bandits. We get away. Right. But then we're about to get caught at the hotel. And then we get caught by the bandits again. And then we meet the pigeon lady. And then we go watch the nice performance for a little while. And yep. then somehow we still have time to go set all the traps. No, he has to even make it to the brownstone first True. to see that they're not there. Yeah. Yes. All those things supposedly happen in the same day. Some more plot holes. Like my favorite part is they get out and their first place to go is like an ice skating rink to openly talk about their heist plans. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Way to lay low, guys. Way to lay low. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just have a general note that the parents feel like characters, caricatures, even more so in this movie than they did in the first one. It's just yeah. like, like this is why in a lot of other 80s movies that they just like made them absentee parents, you know, instead of like having to like explain away like certain things. So, yeah. And they pull the douchey parent move again where they fly and the parents are in first class and the kids are in coach. Why do you hate everyone else on this plane? They, they try to explain it away and they say, it's Christmas Eve. We couldn't get them all together. And it's like, okay. Your seats are together. <laughs> the kids are all. Right. It, that, that, is the, the biggest, that is the biggest missing um that's the biggest quibble that you can you can really hone in on is there is absolutely no way that um, Kate does not have him on her hip and they're sitting together, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Kevin's sitting in first class, maybe. Like, she's not going to yeah. give him for first class seat, but Kevin is sitting right here. Peter, she'd kick Peter to the back. Peter yes, has to go yeah. slum it and coach and right. do whatever. Yeah, but. especially since he ruined the alarm clock. So, And does, is there only one alarm clock in this entire house, by the way? Nobody else has an alarm clock? Not one single person? You hear Uncle Frank say something like, oh, man, I can't believe we let them like do that. Like it was just a typical Uncle Frank thing. Like, like, yeah, you guys get the worst wake up calls. It's like, uh, why don't you do something, Frank? And I'm sorry. There's how many kids in this house? There's at least one early riser. Right. Statistically, there has to be. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. Jeremiah's just like baffled. He's like, how how early is it? And he's like eight o'clock. He's like. They're not awake already at eight o'clock. Right? What's wrong with them? Play, like, playing video games, hoping that none of the other kids wake up, so you have your your video game time to yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I don't know what that's like. I slept in. I was an only child. So. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um, dead or uh, CTE? Um, <laughs> uh, you have the full list. I have the full list. Okay. Me too. I'll follow along. Okay. So as they leave the uh, the toy store, they have the seesaw, and Harry steps on it, and then Marv jumps on it, and sends Harry careening up into the air and falling onto a car. And this is like a 1990s car. Actually, this is probably a 1980s car that was actually made of metal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He puts a dent in it, like crushes the thing, like you fell from like a 10 story building. Yeah. So I'm going to give CTE to this one, not death, but yes. or bro- broken back. Yes. 100% not death, broken back. But broken. Yeah. Yes, definitely yeah. broken. He's in a wheelchair for a significant amount of time. Yeah. If not the okay. rest of his life. Right. Depending how the metal decides to not bend in some spots. Right. Which is a lot different than the like slip and like slap yourself on like a like uh, icy concrete, right? Yes. From the first one, right? And yeah. even in this one, right? So uh, I love the their joy, their gleeful like grin and laugh, like whenever he slips and falls. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, hurts, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, all right. The next one I have is Marv dies. Um, is Maybe the first brick gives him CTE, but then he gets hit like multiple oh, times, God. getting hit with 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 all of the bricks i'm pretty sure that the first brick still kills him like from that height it's, it's like at four, least four stories yes. right like <laughs> i'm not i'm not a big enough nerd to do the math to figure out the force of this brick coming at his yeah. face we should have done that oh um, yeah so if you're the math nerd in our fandom all three of you if one of you likes math um Figure out what's the, the force. what's the velocity. Yeah, what's the force that the brick <laughs> or the force? Yeah, brick? like it leaves like permanent marks on like his forehead, but somehow the rest of his face is like untouched. Like, how does this leave a crease in your forehead and not break your nose? Um, it's impossible. So yeah, definitely dead from the bricks. If not the first one, by the second one, and certainly the third and the fourth one. Yeah, Marv gets hit four times. Oh, here we got the physics of Home Alone. Here we go. We've got it. Uh, somebody did the math. Yes. <laughs> somebody did the math for us. Uh, 54 pounds of force. 
So Marv will be hit with a 54 pounds of force. While this won't kill him, it will cause greater injuries than what he sustained. He will likely suffer from brain injuries, i.e. concussions, and would have more visible injuries than small markings. That's fantastic. Okay. I still vote death. Yeah. I still think four of them, like 54 pounds of force, four times, like that definitely kills him. Yeah. This is like Pan's Labyrinth with the gun to the dude's face. Okay. <laughs> you dead. were you were tore up by Pan's Labyrinth, weren't you? So tore up. <laughs> Messed me up. Uh, all right. So um Harry dies falling from the ladder. So he starts going up. He, like remember he he grabs the oh, goo ladder before yes. Harry die or go like Harry's about to go or Marv go, is about to go in through the front door. Right. Yeah. All right. So he he like grabs that ladder, slips, and like falls on his back. But like, yeah, I think he's his back is like literally like destroyed at this point. If uh, oh, especially if for the after two of them. I mean, right. Either one yeah. breaks your back. Both yeah. of them together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marv dies falling from the first floor. Like. 100% just slaps a concrete slap with his face. Yeah. Yes. Just like face plants. <laughs> it's like a kid. It's like a kid doing a belly flop into the pool. Right. But onto concrete. <laughs> oh, goodness. From the yep. high dive. It's like 10 feet flat. Yep. Yeah. This one's not a great height, but I'm pretty sure that Harry dies from the wrenches falling on his head. Right? Yes, yeah. I put possible death for that one. Possible death, okay. Just the um, sheer mass of them. Like, there's so many, yeah. especially the last one, after he's already down and that last huge one comes down. Yeah, boom. And gets yeah. the full yeah. drop. Uh, Marv 100% dies from electrocution. It's not even, like... No, they, like, like, do the weird, like, David Crowder cameo where they show a skeleton with that big old thing of hair. <laughs> and, uh... Well, especially because he keeps like bumping it up. Like if he just kind of touched it, like it would be okay. But like he keeps bumping it up. Like yeah, yeah. Um, Harry dies from the explosion in the kerosene toilet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like the blowtorch to the head. We did this before. That's not going to kill right. him, but it's going to hurt. But once he shoves, which by the way, so there's no way that that stunt man for sure. Okay, there's no way Joe Pesci can make that kind of vertical. Like, who yeah. does that? By the way, if you if your head is on fire and you just want to get it out, why do you do like this inverted crazy push up yeah. thing <laughs> and then drop your head straight into the toilet? Like, right? Yeah, it's like a gymnast move over here. I don't know what he's yeah. crazy, but yeah, definitely dead. No, yeah. his face is just black. That's all that happens. Right. Wiley Coyote. Oh, silly. <laughs> silly. You silly roadrunner. I don't know why Wiley Coyote has a, an accent, but he does. All right. Um, Marv definitely dies from the concrete bag dropped from 50 feet above him. Right. Yeah. Somebody needs to do the math on that, too. It's probably on that yeah. same website, the Math of Home right. Alone. Yeah. That's probably a good, like, 50 pound bag of concrete. Oh, Hundo. Like those right. those bad boys, yeah, yeah. Those bad boys are definitely a hundred. Yeah. That's falling a long way. Yeah. Uh, Harry and Marv die from a lead pipe hitting them in the head, then the fall, and then the pipe falling on them. Either one of those things will kill them. <laughs> and we're not talking about a lead pipe. We're talking about like the giant one that's about what about a foot in diameter? 
Yeah. Yeah. That thing's yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, the last one, uh, Harry and Marv fall from the kerosene soaked rope into the, uh, uh, what was it? The lacquer. Or yeah. The, uh, the stain. The varnish yeah. stuff falls. The varnish. Yeah. yeah they fall go. through. The fall probably kills them. And then the varnish yeah. flies up and lands perfectly yeah. on them. And that probably kills them as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Not some to of mention, those... not to mention that the pigeon attack would kill half of the people out there if that happened to them just from having a heart attack. So, <laughs> yeah, anxiety-induced heart attack. Yeah. All right. Any other? Did I miss any of the ones that you had notes for? No, everything else that happens to him wouldn't kill anybody. You know. Yeah. The staple gun, the wooden ladder breaking is like not even painful. Like, yeah, just holding onto the ladder and it falls down. What? That's nothing. Yeah. You just threw him off a building or something before that. So. Yeah. I toyed with the uh, the tool chest falling down the stairs. Yeah. They have the door to brace that one, though. I don't think that one's right. death. Yep. Potentially some CTE. Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're going yeah. to the blue tent. They're getting checked out. Yeah. They're not dead. How many fingers am I holding up? He wouldn't know that anyway. <laughs> he oh. wouldn't know that anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, breakout performance. Did you have anybody? Nada. Nada. Nada for me. Uh, before they were stars? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yep. We're Good the time. Sandler generation, so that 100% yeah. counts as a star. Yep. Yep. People older uh, or younger than us would be like, Rob Schneider, star? And we're like, yes. No, I'll show absolutely. you the, the numbers on Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. At least the gross. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it. We won't show it to the... you because it is also gross. But that's a different kind of gross. <laughs> set so. you up, set you up, knock them down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, iconic moment. Um, Kevin going. I don't think so. Yeah. Was I had pretty... the lead pipe with a question mark? Like it's kind maybe. of like the like the the cans were probably the one from that one and then they kind of went back to the well but i don't know i don't know if this one like i think people still like it but i don't know if it's as iconic as the other one you no. know yeah, they think I'm of the they think of the original home alone and like the 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 references back to it i, yeah. I would imagine so or his mom sitting up and screaming kevin that might be yeah. cool i'm gonna go back to plot holes or i'm gonna go back to quibbles like women cutting their hair um like uh kate's in the early 90s like <laughs> i'm glad that that like went away like i know this is a weird one that is a beautiful like, jinx next week you're yeah. gonna see somebody with that it's gonna come back like everything else does now <laughs> you just did it uh yeah yeah I live in Roswell. Um, There's probably a few people that still have it from the '90s walking around. From the '90s, thing, not so. it's not like, hey, this is back in, no, back in stuff. It's yeah. never left. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor Palpatine, Jim Carrey, Unlimited Power Over Actor Award. Daniel Stern by a mile. I had everyone, but you're right. It, it's Daniel Stern, like, like he, which is impressive because up. everybody yeah. dials it up, and so he's like, "Oh, we're dialing it up more this time," and he just like cranks <laughs> it to like 15. Like when he's crawling on the floor after getting electrocuted. Yeah, or I love him pulling on the rope before the cement bag comes. Like when he tugs on it a little and it like, doesn't move, he, and he, then he starts he, jumping he, up and down yeah. like a little kid with it. <laughs> 
He's like, hey, guys, look at look at me. I'm learning from me. things. Um, <laughs> there's one point where Kevin, like, yells at him, like, had enough or something. And he goes, he does this, like, never, like, very, like, triumphant. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so much. Um, I love his whimpering going down the rope, too, before he starts asking about the aftershave. He's like, just. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I will cop to that. I didn't think there, I think I, that one going in. Yeah. I really wanted to be able to give it to Tim Carey because he's up there. Yeah, too. he but, is. But Daniel Stern just takes it to the new heights. I I, I wanted to uh, represent for the the pizza line alone, but <laughs> you're right. Like he's not in it enough. Maybe if he was in it a, a little bit more. Yeah, pizza. the pizza line is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't have anything for te- technical or cinematography nerd stuff. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward, like kids movie type thing, you know, yeah. like nothing super, super, super crazy. Uh, favorite song or score moment? I mean, it's really solid throughout. Like there's lots of good, I mean, the master John reuse, is doing his thing. Yeah. They reuse a lot of somewhere in my memory. I really like the Christmas star song. That's the new song in this one. Yeah. Again, the, that plays over the, um, uh, the American tale, uh, <laughs> scene. I'm just going to call it the American tale scene. Sorry. I like it. That's uh, its new name. It's official. Uh, so that one was really good, but it's just not, I mean, if you're comparing the two, it's, it's, it's not. No. close to somewhere in my memory yeah so um, i love how they just start like you start with the opening of this one and they're just already into the little theme and so you already right because you already know what this means now like it's like oh this is familiar yeah. now so and then you're constantly reminded that he basically aped every little bit of this for <laughs> the harry potter theme right. <laughs> and you're just like oh yeah these sound very Sounds very, very similar. similar yeah so um all right let's move on to spiritual metaphors and illustrations i mean this whole conversation with the pigeon lady is really good to talk about Mm -hmm. uh, both for good reasons and bad reasons because kevin has some good theology going on pigeon lady needs some help um (laughs) she got some horrible theology that we'll get into um but i mean his his whole rollerblade story is like prime like pastor illustration time where he's like, I had these rollerblades mm-hmm. and I never wore them outside. Cause I was afraid that like, I was afraid to use them. So like, I just didn't use them and I wasted them. And it's like, you might as well quote the parable of the talents. Of talents. Right like, yep. <laughs> so I just hid them and wasted them and never used them. And um, it's, you know, and, and he uses it to talk to her about putting herself out there. Like there's no point in having a heart if you don't love people and just like, I mean, the whole movie, once again, gets to Kevin realizing how important relationships are and how important people are Um, because Kevin's constantly trying to get away from it because he gets mad. Um, He is toning it down. Last time he didn't want to see them ever again. Now he just wants to go on vacation by himself. So I guess he's learning a little bit. Um, You would think I'm living alone. (laughs) I'm living alone. (laughs) My favorite part of that is because we watched the first one. And the second one. Yeah. Because I had to watch both of them. It's Christmas. December. Yeah. And he goes, when he's like, when I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. Like, I think you're missing part of the like, <laughs> growing up and getting married thing. Those don't live in a, that doesn't work. Um, yeah. But but all that, I mean, 
use the things that you have and the people around you matter like are just like the theme of the movie but pigeon lady throws in this terrible bit of theology into the middle of it where she goes starts talking about how a good deed erases a bad deed and it's like no no Mm, stop talking mm -hmm. kevin was on a good track here with like (laughs) use the things that you have don't waste them don't don't let's not venture into um justifying ourselves um by acts and works let's not let's not move to a works-based uh morality here please don't don't go there don't go there but they went there so but it counts extra on Christmas. So you can be bad all year round and be good on all Christmas year long and just yeah. wipe it out. Yeah. Just cut a check to the local church. <laughs> Send some toy for tots. Yeah. Coach Let me give you the address. Um, if you yeah. need to, if you need somewhere to send it, um, <laughs> the tax free tax free donation. That's right. <laughs> Um, I, I had something similar or at least kind of on the same veins, like, although like it feels like it's used as a reason to remake the movie and kind of have similar beats, it it feels like Kevin didn't learn anything from the first one. Right. Uh, but it also goes to show that like we're human beings and like, even though he learned his lesson, he needed to learn it again. You know, um, he needs to figure out how to forgive his family, especially buzz. Um, like they do a really good job of like, like Xavier is a big, like injustice guy. Like things have to be like, like today they were, they were playing video games and we stopped to uh, watch the chiefs game highlights. Um, Cause we had just forgotten that we came home and we're like, Oh yeah, we didn't, we didn't watch the, the chiefs game highlights. And then like Xavier is watching, but Everett's like playing on his switch and he's just like, I get that time back, right? Like the, the 15 minutes, like I get to play some more video games later. I'm like, no, we're, we're, we're not in this. Like, I'm going to make it the exact same. So like he gets really bothered with that. And he reminds me of Kevin in that way. It's just like, no, but Buzz was the jerk. So I'm fully validated in my um, in my uh, freak out. And I'm not going to ask for forgiveness or, or, or apologize or anything. And I mean, we can all get that way. I had the same situation this weekend, so I'm not just poking fun at, at my son or at uh, Kevin here. I think that it is just important for us to learn that mercy and grace, like we all need it. Um, and Jesus forgives us, uh, of those sins. And, um, and that's a, a really good picture of like Kevin realizing that at the end, which is why I wanted to, to make yeah. sure that I, I talked about that. Like, even though he was, he felt fully validated um, in his righteous anger, it was just like, you know what? At a certain point, you just have to ask for forgiveness and hope that the people forgive you. And and at that point, like we can get into some really good, like with Buzz, it's like, you can forgive, but you don't have to forget type thing. Like, like we don't necessarily need to like, like stay in, in these relationships that like, I mean, obviously it's his brother. It's hard whenever he's all around, but that's how you see some of these things. Like when people, when families go away um, or grow up, they kind of um, it's these types of families where the mom lets the older uh, or the dad or both let the older kid get away with whatever they want. And uh, I mean, 
you mentioned it at the beginning. Like you don't have that problem. Nope. <laughs> being, being a, My brother uh, never did anything like that to me. Right. Vice versa. <laughs> I could have drummed on my own head and knocked myself off the stage, but that's right. a very different conversation afterwards. Um, but uh and, and like every time I watch this movie, I'm just like, what? this is such a jerk, and he's he definitely deserved it. Like you're always, I mean, they do a good job of setting it up for you to side with Kevin, but at the same time, you're just like, okay, but after a while you just kind of let it go and you don't have to say all these vindictive things to your family. So so that's all I had. No, Kevin really does. I mean, the the quote you had from when he's talking at the end, like he says something along the lines of like, even if they don't forgive me or even, you know, like mm, mm-hmm. that I'm not worried about what they're doing. Like, I'm just going to worry about what I can and deal with my side of it and not hold yep. on to this thing and, and let yep. go of those things, even if they aren't. So that's a, that's a big moment that a lot of us, we, we have to do it over and over again. We never, it never sticks like you said, but right. a lot of us never even get there to start with. So pretty right. big pretty big for Kevin to understand that. Yep. All right. I've got uh, some random thoughts uh, before we move on to whose movie is it? Did you have anything here? Did you catch Buzz trying to whistle at the end? And he just spits all over his hand. (laughs) That's exactly what it looks like when I try to do that. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) If if you put the fingers in, like I, I have this like really like soft sounding like whistle that Lori's just like they definitely didn't hear that in the other room. So, but of course she can do it. She she can do uh, really well. I couldn't whistle till I was in college. It just didn't work. No whistle. You know who? You know how I learned to whistle? Cheesy poop. Do you remember Cheesy poop? Yeah. I would blow in Cheesy Poop's face just to mess with the dog. And uh-huh. one day a whistling sound finally came out. And I was like, that's how you whistle? And then I could do it. I was like 21 years old. That, that's going in the liner notes. Cheesy Poop <laughs> taught me to whistle. Cheesy Poop taught me to whistle. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can't stick my fingers in my mouth and whistle either, Buzz. But I don't try. Yeah. So I really want to know if it was intentional, though. Like. Was he supposed yeah. to whistle and it didn't work and they thought this was funnier or did he just fall right. over his hand on purpose? I, it could go either way. Yeah. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was paid $4.5 million to star in this movie, the biggest salary ever to an 11-year-old at the time of filming. Uh, like, I didn't even need to check that. Uh, like, there's no other person that I can think of because uh, the only person I could think of would be Daniel Radcliffe and he was starting to get, like... 12, 13, and 14, like a little bit higher up whenever they were doing the other Harry Potter movies. So, Catherine O'Hara said that she was worried her character wasn't trying hard enough to find Kevin. And so they added scenes to show her concern. And I'm like, what? What was the first cut of this movie? Like they barely put together anything, right? I love the running onto the plane and she stops yeah. for a minute and then the flight, you know, the, the gate check people are like, no, just go, ma'am. You need to get on the plane. Like, no, you let the mom get all of her kids. Like, don't right. you stop and explain. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Last year, we left my son at home and flew to France. Like, right. Come on now. Let me just count and make sure they're all here. The talk boy, the tape recorder that uh, he uses in the movie, did not actually exist before Home Alone 2 was released. 
it was a prop created specifically for the movie. And then after the movie became a box office hit, um, Tiger Electronics created and distributed a real version of the Talk Boy, which is exactly what. Um, and they, they of course, had a pink and purple counterpart called the Talk Girl. Um, but every kid wanted one of these. It was just, yes. yeah. Absolutely. 100. This is an atrocity, and I feel like we need to have a, it could be short, discussion. Uh, Chris Columbus has stated in interviews that he considers Home Alone 2 to be better than the original. I'm not that appalled. I am a lot appalled. <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it as much as you do, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The bricks get me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it does do Perry. a better job like um, with the the heavier moments, but I think it's outweighed by the, um, the ridiculousness. Like, and I get it. Like the house part is ridiculous, but it's just so over the top that it takes you right out of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my personal thoughts. I was interested because I thought that, no, I think the more I thought that you like this know. more than I than I did, but I don't. I yeah. definitely like it more than you did. I don't think it tops the first one. I wouldn't go yeah. that far, but they're yeah. close for me. They're really close for me. I'd probably say a nine and a seven. Like I really love Home Alone, and then this one's just kind of like a oh, that's all right. I like that. It's got some funny parts to it, you know. All right, I, I decided to look up Rotten Tomatoes and see if if everyone else Ooh, where they're at. Okay. So we're going by audience score, right? Yes. Not tomato. Yeah, so not critics. Yeah. First one is an 80. 80%. Second one, 62. Boom. So I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. The critics were even more harsh. It went from 66 to 35. I don't expect movie critics to think this is a good movie. Uh, no, not at all. Um, they'd be closer than that for me, but so I could, I could see where someone might like the second one more, but I also see where there's, I see your side. I see your point. They were probably like, uh, home alone was not good. I much prefer Daniel Day Lewis in my left foot. If you want to see something this holiday season, I don't know why they're British, but they are. So, all right. Whose movie is it? It's really tempting to let Tim Curry and the hotel staff kind of steal the show because they are one of the first things I think of when I think of Home Alone 2. I, the Grinch true. smile. I think of that yeah. moment. But I, <sighs> It's hard not to like have this be synonymous with Culkin still. Yeah. Yeah. It still just is. And they take enough of Harry and Marv out of it like because they're kind of spacing them out and uh they really are like just one note villains like and they could throw in the hotel staff and some other stuff to like fill out the movie this time yeah that that they're not in it as much so yeah there's just no one gets enough time to keep up with colkin yeah we should give some more tim curry though (laughs) just amp that up even more let's have a subplot where he's actually like harry's long lost brother and he's in on it (laughs) really amp this baby up (laughs) yeah all right well let us know your thoughts especially if you think home alone 2 is better than uh, home alone 1 um 
at uh, the Faleo Podcast at our Facebook page or at our Instagram uh, at Faleo Podcast, uh, all lowercase, all one word, or at our email at Faleo Podcast at gmail.com. Great job, buyers. Good brownies. Good brownies. <laughs>